This is Theology for the Rest of Us with your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hey, 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 welcome in. This is the Theology for the Rest of Us podcast. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, coming at you from the great city of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Thank you so much for taking time out to listen to this episode of the podcast. So glad to have you. This is episode 283, and I'm going to be tackling a topic that I got from a listener of the podcast by email, a guy by the name of Doug asking me uh, about the Lord's Prayer, and, or more specifically about whether or not we ought to be reciting prayers, uh, specific prayers. So great question, good topic. Before we get to that, quick reminder, we've got a great website, theologyfortherestofus.com. And on the site, we've got all of our old episodes that you can search by subject or topic. Uh, That's really helpful to a lot of people. And then we also have a bunch of recommended resources. So I want to encourage you to check that out. Again, theologyfortherestofus.com. Also, if you're willing to do so, please leave a rating and review on whatever podcast app or directory you are familiar with. Uh, Those are a big, big help to the show. So tell the world you love the podcast. Help us out. Thank you in advance. All right, let's get to the topic for this episode. I got an email from Doug. The email says this. Stumbled across your podcast almost by accident. Cherry picked a few episodes to listen to and was duly impressed. I'm now working my way through all of the episodes listed. The question I wanted to ask is about prayer. Conventional wisdom says that we should talk to God like any other friend, but the Bible is full of ritualized prayers. Jesus said to pray like this. And then he spoke the Lord's Prayer. I don't speak to my friends like that. Every morning I stand at the kitchen window. I thank God for the view, and then I just talk to him. Am I wrong? Should I be reciting specific prayers? Thank you so much for, as my grandmother grandmother would have said, putting the cookies on the bottom shelf. Doug, thank you so much for your email. Thanks for your encouragement. Um, I am... So thankful and excited that you were duly impressed. I, I loved your your lingo and description there. Fantastic. So, hey, this is a great question, and I think I've been asked similar types of questions by people throughout uh, my ministry career and in my teaching career. So, great topic. I would say right off the bat is that no, I do not think we need to be praying specific prayers. I, I think what Doug says he does every day is great to to sit at the window. To, to appreciate the view that what you know God's creation and to just talk to him like a friend um, to correspond with him and communion with, commune with him um, as you would with a, with a human and, and to have that sort of uh, friendly intimacy uh, is absolutely appropriate and because of Christ we can have friendship with God um, apart from Christ we are we are, we are at odds with God. We are on God's bad side. We are enemies of the gospel. Um, we, we are not uh, available or we're not, we don't have access to have that kind of friendship. But because of Christ, we can. And I believe we are invited. And so, Doug, I think what you're doing is, is great. Um, I don't think we are to just recite the exact same words over and over again. I think with many people that becomes very uh, robotic and legalistic. Um, I think it's just what we do as humans. You know, we, we frequently end up doing things over and over and over again, and it frequently just becomes rote tradition. I think we've seen that in a lot of the mainline denominations of the United States. 
Now, this doesn't happen to everyone. I think there are some people that can pray the exact same prayers and do the exact same types of things and still mean it from their heart, which I think is awesome. And there's people that can do that, and I think that's beautiful, and it takes a level of discipline to stay mentally engaged with those words. But I think for most of us, that's really hard to do. I think for most people, reciting the same things over and over and over again becomes very lifeless and can easily lose its meaning. It just becomes sort of a thing that we do. Um, so I think I think it's less about reciting the exact same words and more about understanding what Jesus is teaching us. You know, in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, I think Jesus is teaching us not to recite the exact same words over and over again, but he's more teaching us the types of things we should be talking about in our prayers, the types of things we should be bringing to the Lord. I think Jesus is giving sort of a giving us sort of a template of sorts. Why do I think this? Why do I think um, this is not necessarily you know words that we're supposed to be reciting perfectly? Um, first, I think the context of this passage gives us some understanding. You know, right before the the Lord's prayer is given to us by Jesus in Matthew six, right before that, he's specifically telling his disciples to not be like the people that just babble on and on and on in prayer. He's saying, listen, there's lots of people that pray for long periods of time, but their heart is not in it. That There's lots of people that just babble on and on and on, and they don't really mean it. Their heart is far from it. They're just doing it because they want to look good or they think they have to do it. They feel obligated to it. Jesus is saying, I'm not necessarily looking for quantity, but God is looking for quality. In the verse right before the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. So I don't think God is primarily concerned with the eloquence of your words, but I think God cares deeply and much more about the state of your heart when you pray. I think God is more concerned where your heart is than the amount of words you pray or the precise words that you pray. I think God is far more concerned about what's going on in your head and in your heart. What's your thought process like? What is your attitude like? Are you coming to him with humility and with a grateful heart? That's the heart and the sentiment behind this this passage, which leads me to believe that Jesus is more concerned about the quality of your prayer and the heart connection you have with him, the intimacy you have with him, and he's less concerned about the actual precise words that you pray. It doesn't mean that the words you pray are not important, and it doesn't mean that the quantity of your prayer is not important. I just think the heart connection, the intimacy you have with the Lord, and the quality of your prayer and your attitude of, of your heart when you come to the Lord are far more important. And the second and final thing, I would say um, to this topic is that when we look through the scriptures, we see a variety of different types of prayers being prayed by many different people with many different types of words. And we see God frequently responding favorably to these prayers. And so it would lead me to believe that if we were designed to recite the same exact type of prayers, then it would be odd that God would respond favorably when people were not necessarily praying exactly the way they were supposed to. Let me give you a few examples. We have the prayer of Jabez from 1 Chronicles 4. We have Jonah's prayer for salvation in Jonah chapter 2. Uh, you know, We have David's prayer for deliverance in Psalm 3. 
Uh, we have Hannah's prayer for, of, of praise that we see in 1 Samuel chapter 2. Solomon's prayer for wisdom. He's asking God for wisdom in, in 1 Kings 3. Um, we see a prayer for, for desperation or of desperation, Psalm 22, which of course is also a messianic prophecy because Jesus would end up praying this prayer from the cross. So these are all examples of prayers in the Old Testament that don't match the Lord's prayer, but God clearly responded to favorably. So this is the example that you don't have to have a prayer that exactly matches Jesus's template in in Matthew 4, excuse me, Matthew 6, in order for God to respond favorably. Now, some would say, well, that's the Old Testament. Okay. But I would say, don't be too quick to dismiss the Old Testament because all of the biblical authors in the New Testament were constantly using the Old Testament when building their doctrines and building their cases, right? Um, The New Testament authors are constantly using the Old Testament to give proper instruction for proper Christian living and and kind of laying the foundation of how we ought to live our lives. So don't be too quick to to dismiss the Old Testament. Furthermore, in Luke chapter 1, we have a great example of another type of prayer that is largely founded upon the Old Testament. This is Mary's prayer prayer in Luke chapter 1, which is clearly founded upon several key Old Testament verses. So the Old Testament can clearly be a model for prayer as well. So we see all these types of prayers in the Old Testament, but we also see other prayers in the New Testament. Um, we have plenty of examples of people in the in the New Testament praying, and, and these are clearly not prayers that we ought to be reciting. These are just examples of how those people prayed. These passages of scripture are clearly not prescriptive, meaning they're not telling us how to pray. They're just giving us descriptions and insight into how other people prayed, which I think help us understand that we're not to be praying exact words or just reciting words, um, but we're praying with a particular type of attitude. So examples of this we see in Luke 18. We see the tax collector in the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Um, great example of, of petitioning and coming to the coming to Jesus. Um, we see Jesus praying multiple times, right? In Luke 22, Jesus is praying for the forgiveness of those who are crucifying him. Uh, we see Jesus praying in John 17 for the future generations of Christians. By the way, this is an incredible thing. Jesus prays for us. That is stinking awesome. Um, we see Jesus's prayer of abandonment to the will of God, Jesus willing to follow the will of God. We see that in Matthew 25, Mark 14, and Luke 22. Incredible prayers uh, uh, by Jesus himself. Uh, we see the apostle Paul praying in Acts 22. Again, a description of how he's praying, not necessarily a prescription as to how we are to pray. Again, showing us you don't have to pray exactly the words that Jesus gave us in Matthew 6, so long as your attitude and the sentiment are seemingly matching Matthew 6. And I think when we look through all of these passages of Scripture, what we see is the type of prayers that the Lord would want us to pray without necessarily giving us precise words to pray. So to Doug, I would say you're on the right track, brother. You're doing great praying and communing with the Lord daily, uh, talking to him as you would a friend, enjoying the view out your kitchen window, appreciating uh, God's creation, um, and then just bringing your concerns and thoughts to him. In my opinion, you're doing great. I'd encourage you to keep doing that. And, I, and that would be my encouragement to everyone to, to pray as often as possible, not because we're obligated to, but because we get to, because we have this incredible privilege. We're invited to pray. I'd encourage all of us to do that as frequently as possible and to never take it for granted. 
Hey, thanks uh, again, Doug, for your email. Really appreciate it. Hey, if anyone listening to this, you want me to bring clarity to anything I've said in this in this episode, I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to shoot me an email. Or if you have a question or a topic that you want me to address on the show, even if it's completely unrelated to anything I've said here in this episode, I'd love to hear from you as well. Please feel free to shoot me an email or find me on Twitter. My email address is heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at TheologyForTheRestOfUs.com. And my Twitter handle is at Kenneth Ortiz. That's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. Thanks again for listening. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us.